I want to talk. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Batman, The Killing Joke, a 2016 American adult animated superhero thriller film produced by Warner Brothers Animated, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures, featuring the DC Comics character Batman. This is the 26th film in the DC Animated Universe uh, original movie series, based on the graphic novel of the same name by Alan Moore and Brian Boland. The film is directed by Sam Lau, written by Brian Azirio, stars the voices of Kevin Conroy, um, Batman voice of uh, the animated television series uh, as early as the 90s, um, Mark Hamill, who's done the Joker voice for many years. Um, Tara Strong is the voice of Batgirl, and we also have Ray Wise. Um, so we have, uh, like the novel, the film follows the Joker undertaking the dri- the drive, undertaking to drive police commissioner James Gordon insane. The Batman's desperate attempts to stop him. Let me do that again. Like the novel, the film follows the Joker's undertaking to drive police commissioner James Gordon insane and Batman's desperate attempts to stop him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, let me see. Development of the film adaptation and the novel became in 2009. However, the production was stalled due to underperformance of DC's live-action adaptation of Moore's Watchmen um, in 2009. We've actually covered that on the Lucked Up podcast already. Um, Hamill expressed interest in reprising the role of the Joker for the adaptation, resulting in a fan campaign for his production. In 2015, producer... Uh, uh, producer Bruce Tim confirmed that an animated feature based on the book was been is in development. It is the first Batman film in Warner Brothers animation film to be rated R by MPAA. Um, so it did have an initial release at the San Diego Comic Con 2016, um, and then it was intended to be sent directly to home video. Due to the popularity of the film, it was instead simultaneously in theaters and digitally in 2016. Um, special one-night event before a DVD, Blu-ray released, all that stuff. It ended up grossing 4.4 million worldwide. Critical reception was uh, mixed to the film as to what I can find on all of the YouTube reviews, all I can find on the... Uh, the movie reviews and stuff like that of comic book uh, lore and stuff like that I'm finding that it's kind of split down the middle it's a very polarizing film given the subject matter and how dark it actually gets Um, there's mixed reactions towards the adaptation of the source material criticizing the unnecessarily prologue and the portrayal of Batgirl while praising the animation style action scenes voice performances Conroy and Hamill's performances as Batman and Joker and being generally faithful to the graphic uh, novel at the same time. And so, yes, this is an absolutely polarizing kind of uh, film when it comes down to it. It is taking um, what we know is the 
animated characters of Batman, Joker, and uh, Batgirl, essentially the, those main characters, and uh, uh, Perf- uh, Commissioner Gordon. Um, the thing about it is, it this movie is essentially an animated f- uh, telenovela, like a like like a noir, like a film noir in a way. It's a uh, it's a drama. It's not. Uh, it's a drama made in an animated form, but not in a way that feels that it's pushing the limits of what it could be really doing. It's it's somewhere between trying to say we have the properties of all the DC animated characters, but yet we're putting them in situations that are in so high stress. Um, that it almost is detached from any sort of reality. And then in the third act, it just kind of goes way left field. So um, coming from someone that is not as familiar with the graphic novel, just kind of what I was thinking about uh, the look of it, I think this uh, little synopsis of the animation style, the action scenes, voice performances, they, they generally, all all of those are hitting on high, high cylinders, like... Uh, there's certain scenes of seeing the Joker and having his his face is just completely maniacal at certain points, and you just you, you're just in um, kind of awe about like uh, the fact that they can really animate how the Joker's feeling. I, I, so in certain scenarios, when I watch the Joker, I feel like he's just kind of playing it up, but. When you are looking at an animated form of a Joker, you can see every single detail of uh, the the, uh, the the stress coming out of him. How he's not actually laughing because he wants to be laughing in a way. It, in in certain scenarios, I guess it depends on uh, the 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 Joker take that they're trying to go on. But you can just see the the craziness and the outlines and the, the extraneous. Uh, maniacal laughing and uh, acting he's doing just strictly from the animation. Now, I think most of the things they do with the the, the Joker are um, not from whether they should or shouldn't have done it. It, it. it feels relatively realistic is what they're doing. Um, you know, the, the, the one bad day that turned him into a crazy man. Um that kind of thing. We really did touch on this when we were watching uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker performance in uh, was it 2019? Was that just just last year? I don't know. I, I gotta go back and look. Um, but yeah, it, it really does capitalize on that uh, one bad day. Now, do they sell that one bad day plot in a way that feels uh, organic and natural? Me, I feel like in the hour and like 20 minutes this movie really goes on, it just feels like an extended, it's 77 minutes, it feels like an extended episode of a, a Batman special that you would see on, on like a Friday night or something like that. They were like, you know, we got the big Batman movie coming up, but really it feels like it does belong to, belong to go straight to DVD, straight to VOD. Um, I don't know if it really deserve the high critical praise from the people that really did like it. I I I don't want to 
say, you know, why are you liking this thing? You know, that's not the thing. It's, I'm not seeing exactly what they're seeing. I'm not uh, relating to these characters. I'm not understanding um, uh, how they're enjoying this in the same way that, uh, you know what, you you might have to be someone that enjoys the graphic novel, that enjoys the characters, that knows the lore. It, that might be the situation. The thing is, the majority of people watching uh, watching this, I would assume have not seen sorry i have not read the graphic graphic novel um that's just my guess because i i've strictly was watching this off of netflix and uh, i think most people that watch batman properties or even warner brother uh, superhero properties uh, a large chunk of them are not watch uh reading the books so what actually is this movie comprising of yeah well it's uh, a drama film noir that focuses around Batgirl for the first two for for the first a little over a third of the first of the movie beginning of the movie and then it transfers into a Joker origin story that is then entangles Batman eventually i feel like the characters of uh Batman and the Joker and um Sorry, I said Batman. I feel like the character of Batgirl and the Joker antagonizing Commissioner Gordon is kind of not exactly an organic take. In my in in my personal opinion, I feel like there's a leak of, leap of logic that happens in this movie that happens too fast that we have flashbacks with the Joker having this, you know, crazy meltdown versus him going crazy. And there's all of this having to be compressed all in the 77 minutes, as well as, you know, having our main character, one of our main characters, the Batman, he's really put to the sideline in this. In my opinion, this movie is, uh, is an ensemble cast that doesn't know how to handle the ensemble. It's, got an interesting story that uses some really um, adult themes and some themes that might upset people. I, I will totally admit I was I was taken back at certain points at this uh, watching this movie. I was like, whoa, this is really adult for some animation. But it's also a lot of it is implied. And so that's, that's where I came down to it. And I was like, um, you know, a lot of this is... Uh, Think about like in The Dark Knight. You remember when the Joker splits the pool table in two and then throws it on the floor? And, you know, he says, have at it. We don't actually see what happens. But what we do see or what we what we hear about is or what he says is what's implied. And so you're like, this is some dark and demented shit. And so it's kind of in the same realm of uh, the Joker doing the same thing. Now, motivation-wise, I didn't know if the motivation 100% made sense, in my opinion. Maybe if we go down the, the synopsis and everything, I'll really have a solidified answer for whether it does make sense. Um, but um, let me get to the portrayal of Batgirl. So let me... It, it's This is kind of a hard movie to talk about without spoilers, but I do want to give a, a, a nice chunk for the people that are listening to the spoiler-free section. Um, Batgirl 
this movie starts out as a Batgirl movie, and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know the Batman killing joke was a Batgirl movie, and it starts off with, you know, her voiceover, and I'm like, okay, and you slowly find that she's uh, kind of, she's an interesting character, but she's written what it feels like by a bunch of uh, 50-year-old men, to be honest, and and it doesn't really feel like an authentic uh, adaptation of anybody. It feels like a, a caricature, I think. Brian Azario, I think, is the writer on this. Um, I think he's done plenty of stuff. Let me see if I can find some stuff real quick. Uh, yeah, he has a Vertigo. Oh, Batman. I think he's the writer of the graphic novels, uh, the DC comics. So I think you can be a writer of the DC comics and write on the tele, uh, on the movie, The Killing Joke, but it really feels like the writing is what holds this movie back, in my opinion. I feel like there is a lot of bullshit just spouted from left to right. Like, people thinking they are being ultra-philosophical when they are... When they ain't saying shit. They ain't, they ain't saying a damn thing. Um, and I know how Alan Moore is... Um, he's a very uh, philosophical writer when it came down to uh, tackling uh, Watchmen and stuff like that. And he's he's known from uh, he's known for doing uh, movies such as like V for Vendetta and stuff like that, Swamp Thing. Uh, like he he's done uh, he's had an amalgamation of uh, work under his belt. But what it does feel like is this needs a female voice to kind of maybe maybe even if they had a female director I'm not even sure what what would actually be changed there's this the the problem with this movie is like I said without going in too much detail too many details the way they are setting up Batgirl as a character as if she's going to be a main character and then the way they treat her throughout the uh, movie feels almost like like an fu, honestly. It. I. I was honestly at the end of this movie. I was just like kind of pissed. I was like, really, you gonna do me like that? You're really gonna do the story like that? So, um, I understand that it's pretty close to what they did in the graphic novel, with the exception of one or two scenes, I believe, that really upset people with the main characters. I'll. I'll. I'll touch on that in the spoiler free spoilers. Uh, the spoiler section, not the spoiler free section. Um, but yeah, other than that. <clears throat> I will say that um, the the way they talk and treat Batgirl is just like, oh my god. And the, the first 30 minutes is just completely unnecessary. I mean, you can look at most reviews and I think they say the first 20 to 30 minutes of this uh, episode, or sorry, of this, I keep saying episode, of this movie really is not necessary. And it doesn't particularly set up anything that interesting um, that results in the end of the film. It feels like the first half was completely uh, detached from the rest of the movie in a way. And then it starts to just finally go into flashbacks of uh, the Joker to kind of understand where he came from. Um, so yeah, let me hop into the spoiler section before we get into any more details. I feel like I'm starting to touch on spoilers. Um, would I recommend this? I don't think I would recommend this. I, I It's... It's more interesting to see it as a failure, in my opinion, because of how it just like 
how wrong I feel like the movie's tone is and how it ends. But that's just me. I, I think some people might find this movie a lot more enjoyable, a lot more uh, faithful to the graphic novel. And if they like that, that's totally okay. I'm not, I'm not against that. I just feel like for as much shit as we're put in through this movie, the end result is absolutely not worth it. I felt like it was a, it, it, it's the it's the gun with the bang, the fake bang. The it feels like oh my gosh, I'm about to get it, I'm about to get it, and then boom, and the flag comes out of the gun. It's like gotcha. It it feels like kind of like that. Um, honestly, the the poster looks as scary as anything you're gonna see um, in the movie. But I do I want to say that there are like um, interpretations of um, I don't know like. What do you call it? Uh, sorry, I, I said interpretations. I, there, there are illustrations in this movie that are very uh, memorable that will probably, you know, would probably haunt a, a small child, I would say that, you know? And there are adult themes in this. Like, there is uh, uh, very adult themes that make it rated R for a specific reason. Um, and I will talk about that a little bit more in spoiler section. I would give this movie a 6 out of 10 if I had to give it a rating at all. And so, mostly because of the one or two scenes I just was not crazy about. And then it just did not live up to anything that I thought was going to mean anything. And So, yeah, let's uh, hop into the spoiler section. Get this stupid chair. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think the first investment I'm gonna get once I get a paycheck is a new stupid chair because this thing is pissing me off. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, <clears throat> me, 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 me. Let me get him. I'm doing this all without a uh, coffee this morning, so just uh, bear with me. Ugh. I'm, uh, drinking that uh, simply watermelon as well. Oh my goodness. I'm not actually a big fan of the Simply Watermelon. I, I like the Simply line, but the Simply Watermelon's not really my my cup of tea. It doesn't taste like water. It tastes like a I'm drinking uh, a Jolly Rancher of some sort. I don't know. I'm not, not crazy about it. So anyways, let's uh, tackle the plot of uh, the, killing, the killing joke right now. Spoilers for your ass. On this $3.5 million budget. That's, that sounds high as hell, considering I thought the action was just very subpar. I noticed how many times that they were showing the action in the uh, in the movie, and uh, it just completely uh, uh, underwhelmed me on every level. After watching um, The Legend of Korra, and this The Legend of Korra came out like several years earlier, uh, aired in like 2013, I think, at the beginning. Even Avatar, I was watching that earlier. All of, almost any episode of that would have blown uh, this movie out of the water when it comes to the action. I just was so underwhelmed. I, it, it it really shows what good illustration can do when it shows, uh, when when you're talking about the um, when you're talking about you know good action. So here's the plot. While out on patrol, Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, fails to stop a robbery, but manages to stop one criminal with help from Batman. Paris, Paris France, the uh, robber's leader and the nephew of a powerful mob boss, uh, develops a 
dangerous obsession with her and starts sending her messages. This is where kind of the problematic starts uh, stuff starts to happen. This uh, automatically this this guy is just um, already harassing her. It's a, a criminal that is harassing Batgirl, which does feel like that would absolutely happen. I don't want to say that that wouldn't happen. When it comes to would uh, would men or would criminals or anybody, not just men, would criminals absolutely antagonize Batgirl for what she's wearing and how she looks? Absolutely. They would probably do the same thing for Batman, but even more Batgirl because, you know, women always getting uh, the bun of the blow on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you see what she's wearing? She, she, uh, anyone that is wearing that is going to get something. <laughs> and especially if you're talking to a criminal who already doesn't give a shit, he's, he's going to antagonize her. So, um, after Franz tricks her into finding her, uh, sorry, after Franz tricks her into finding his uncle's dead body, gotcha, um, Batman becomes concerned about her safety and takes her off the case, tells her that she will eventually be tempting her Tempting, sorry, telling her that she will uh, eventually be tempting, sorry, tempted to kill the criminals she pursues. Outraged, Batgirl attacks Batman physically and verbally, which leads them to having sex. I'm glad that sex has to be uh, highlighted on Wikipedia so that I can get a, a full, uh, <laughs> so I can get a definition of that. Sex. As a sexual activity, typically involving the insertion. It's like, what, why is that even there? I know what... <laughs> Alright, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, I hear that, uh, from what I can... I believe the reviews say that Batman and Batgirl do not have sex in the graphic novel, but I do not know that for 100% sure. Do not quote me on that. I'm just saying that's what I've heard, and that's what that's what a lot of people are saying. This is the problem with the movie is. That's actually not where I thought the problem was. I do feel like the problem is uh, that if there is a big problem with Batgirl and Batman kind of doing a thing. I wasn't exactly sure the relation of them, but apparently they're uh, Batman's just friends with Commissioner Gordon, and I'm pretty sure he's very close in the same age, maybe a little, just a tad younger. But Batgirl is young, in my opinion, in her mid twenties, I guess. It just felt weird. It felt way more like it felt like we had jumped to the end of the movie, and we were like, "Whoa, whoa, holy, holy Santa Claus! Wait, wait a second, holy!" Like it was there was a, a relationship brewing, and I, I didn't. Batman's character in this is almost a non-character, uh, in my opinion. He's almost like a, a proxy for just being there for the audience. But I feel like I really felt his presence lackluster in this. And it's not the the voice performance from Conroy, but it was the the writing they had them saying. Everything they said, I felt like it was, uh, uh, it was just like really bad writing. So, um, yeah, they. It goes to them having sex, and it's this. I I recall them like, uh, you know, since I was rated R, I was like, I guess they can show just about anything, but the, you know, they really only show a few shots of her like taking her shirt off before taking her, you know, her all of her clothes off. Um, but they 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 pan the camera up as they're like getting ready to have sex on top of a rooftop or something like that. I guess like it's supposed to be sexy, and they pan, and there's a fucking, like, goblin-looking thing, <laughs> like, looking over there. It's like, 
you know, with the lightning behind him. It's like, is this supposed to be sexy or is this supposed to be uh, uh, ominous? Because I'm getting way more ominous than not. And so, anyways, I was uh, right then. I was like, this this movie is not landing on all. It, it's like watching a child. I've heard this many times. It's like your child at a piano recital, and you're the, they're just fucking it all up. You know, they, it's like there's nothing you can do. You just sit there and take it, and uh, uh, you you want the movie to do good. You want them to do good on stage. But I feel like this movie, just every corner it took, it took the wrong turn every time. So it says a few nights later, Batman tries to apologize to Bat. Sorry, a few nights later, Batgirl tries to apologize to Batman. As he's ambushed by Franz, his men's prompting her to come to his aid. When she arrives and overpowers Franz, he makes her lose control and giving him a savage beating. Stopping him short of killing him, realizing Batman was right, she retires from crime fighting. Okay, so I guess that was the whole point of like her retiring or something like that. I still don't feel like she needed to retire because of all that. I mean, the guy was an asshole and literally trying to kill them. I know that he, she did go a little bit too far, but I guess that's the point of vigilantism is knowing not to take it too far. I guess I don't know. Later, Batman investigates a murder scene with Detective Harvey Bullock and uh, concludes that the Joker, currently held at Arkham Asylum, might be behind the crime. He goes to Arkham to talk to him, only to discover that he has escaped and put a decoy in his place. Joker then attacks Barbara and her father, Commissioner James Gordon. He shoots her in the stomach, paralyzing her from the waist down, and takes Gordon to an abandoned amusement park. There, Joker... Uh, okay, so before then... um. Okay, so uh, let me continue on now. There, Joker strips him naked and subjects him to torture, including showing him photos he took of Barbara naked and in pain. And so this was the really, really difficult scene to kind of tackle when it came down to reviewing the movie uh, from a spoiler-free section. This is fucked up. Like, this is straight up... This is beyond the Joker as I've ever known him in any live action. And I, I'm not, this is the darkest I've ever seen the Joker's interpretation go. Um, I think that it, it, a lot of it is implied every time that he's done something terrible. And he's done, this was pretty fucking terrible. I mean, he, he literally shot somebody, paralyzed them, stripped them naked, I guess, and um, just showed. I, I, I didn't know what I was going into when I was uh, watching the movie originally, but I had heard some, like, uh, sexual assault kind of uh, happenings or some something fucked up happened. And I can totally see why people were just like... Ironically, mo I found more people in the reviews were more upset about Joker... Sorry, Batman and Batgirl having sex than uh, the Joker stripping her and shooting, uh, you know causing her to become paralyzed. I was like, uh, this is pretty problematic. I don't know. I, it's really ballsy for WB to have this interpretation of a character that you would want to possibly buy merchandising from. Um, that doesn't make me want to buy merchandising from that guy. But, I'm, you know, 
I guess once you cross a certain threshold, it's just like he's just a fucking horrible dude, and the the difference is, you know, whether we show it on screen or not. And they didn't exactly show what exactly happened to Barbara. They just show that, you know, it's uh, the Joker kind of going down her shirt as she's like on the floor and uh, he's like unbuttoning it and then just like fades to black as he's talking about some bullshit. And it is a scary ass scene. I'm not going to say that this isn't one of the most horrible scenes I've ever seen. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to say it's uh, it's a it's a horrible scene, obviously, but it's really well done. The thing is, the justice that happens after it, like, having Barbara Gordon go down because of this, and making it feel like the entire movie is shifting from a Batgirl movie to a Joker movie to a Batman movie again, um, the perspective of the movie is changing the entire time, and when she goes down, it really feels like we need to have Batgirl come back and whoop his ass. The problem with this movie was they they kind of did the same thing with, uh, it's called fridging. You um, have the female character or the love interest or some, you have uh, someone important go down or is taken out so that it drives the male character. And so uh, through the, the kind of the sexism and the misogyny and the way they're, they're treating Batgirl and the, her, her quote-unquote, uh, typical gay friend at the beginning, it was just kind of disgusting the way that they were um, that they were giving the interpretation of Batgirl. I, I really was not happy about it, and I was like, I can totally see why this is getting not that great of reviews, but it also does make me wonder about, from the graphic novel perspective, if it really, if this is everything that happened in the graphic novel, I guess, it's like, Jesus, it's hard to watch like this, you know? But, the way that it ends at the end, I was like, Batman needs to fucking whoop some fucking ass. Like, my God, he, he's just sucking in this movie. Uh, it, it's, it's by far the worst Batman interpretation I've seen in a movie in a very long time. And I don't know. I, I, I don't remember George Clooney's Batman, but I don't think he was this bad. At least he did something. I felt like this Batman was... was like talking to a brick wall and at some scenes it was just like his emotion went from like whoa to like whoa you know it there was no there was no life behind the not the words that he was saying but the the writing that they gave him did not suffice to what the joker was actually doing on screen it was just like holy santa claus the Joker is a fucking horrible person, and you're over here trying to debate about whether you should, uh, you know, beat his ass or not. It's like, what the shit? It's like, dude, you he literally, he essentially assaulted Batgirl and, and took out Commissioner Gordon, stripped him down, beat the hell out of him, and had these, like, little baby, uh, baby goblins on him the entire time while they were showing him photos of his daughter naked and in pain what the fuck like fucking batman do something god dang it it's like it's just like it's a little bit enraging just to think about that the way that they want you to have they want you to have batman to kind of go through the same realization i assume as like the one bad day thing but the one bad thing one bad day thing feels like it should be more of a uh, uh harvey harvey dent story 
sorry, did I say Harvey Dent? Uh, James Gordon thing, then it should be uh, a Batman thing. Like, all of this stuff is happening more or less to the Gordon family and not so much Batman. Ba it's, it's Batman's, like, sidekick and sort of love interest, but it's not... It, I feel like Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, is the one that needs to do something. I just did not feel like it ever lived up to them doing anything. And you're put through a lot of this shit for an hour and a half, almost an hour and a half. Um, later, Batman investigates a crime, investigates a murder scene with de uh, Detective. Okay, so, yeah, we talked about that. Um, yeah, so, uh, the Joker strips uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon and subjects him to torture and shows some pictures of Barbara. Um, the story is intercut with flashbacks of the Joker's origin, and it is revealed that once a lab technician... Sorry, it was revealed that he was once a lab technician who quit his job to become a stand-up comedian. See, that was your first problem. Um, <laughs> only to fail miserably. Uh, desperate to support his pregnant wife, Jeannie, he agrees, to, uh, he agrees to help two criminals rob his former workplace. The criminals tell him that he has to use the Red Hood's mask and caped costume. I'm not sure if this is related to the Watchmen at all, because I know there's a, I think there's a Red Hood that is kind of throughout the Alan Moore con context. Uh, yeah, uh, Red Hood, public, Jason Todd is the most widely known character. Uh, oh, it's, the Red Hood is an alias used by multiple fictional characters in the criminal organization in the DC Comics. So it really depends on what DC comic you're in that the Red Hood uh, is. So he has to use a Red Hood's uh, mask and ca uh, caped costume secretly intending to frame him, um, the criminals were. During the planning, the police inform him that Jeannie and their unborn child have died in a household accident. Grief-stricken, he tries to withdraw from the pain, but the criminals strong-arm him into keeping his commitment to them, which was pretty fucked up. I remember this this entire scene. I, so they do like this flashback, kind of like in a black-and-white noir kind of thing, and... I did hear that they don't know what time period this is. It feels like when they do a flashback, they're back in, like, uh, late 1800s for some reason. But then, like, when you're in modern day, you're in modern day. I don't know. The timing doesn't really make sense, in my opinion. Um, um, but, yeah. So, let me see. Uh, he tries. Oh, yeah. But I think they had, like, a, a household accident. Something like they got, like... Uh, shocked or something like that uh, something about what was it, it something random it, it wasn't like they were tortured or something horrible um from like someone else doing it something it was just like a random accident and it just like sets them into a spiraling so the criminals tell him you still got to do this shit it don't matter if you got family or not like you already thing you know you already said it so as he already said it you got to go you got to do it you got to you got to do the crime and so, at the plant, the criminals and the costumed comedian run into uh, security personnel, and a shootout occurs. The criminals are gunned down, and comedian is confronted by Batman. Terrified, the comedian uh, trips and falls into the chemicals plant waste pond and is swept through a pipe leading to outside, as uh, to the outside. 
As he removes his mask, he sees this, the criminals have permanently disfigured his face, giving him a clown-like appearance. His disfigurement, combined with the loss of his family, drives him insane and transforms him into the Joker. So, I guess this would make sense, just having the... the I, I thought the clown-like appearance was... Uh, was all makeup, but it looks like this is going to be from the chemical plant, kind of similar to, I think Suicide Squad has a similar interpretation. Um, but, uh, let me see. Oh, I kind of wanted to see him, like, turn into the Joker. Not like, the, the, the initial scene of him turning around and him, like, grabbing his face and his eyes is bulging out. It's like, holy shit, yeah, he looks fucking crazy. I don't know if it would happen that quickly, though. Without the chemicals. In the present, Batman finds and saves Gordon. While the Joker flees. Despite the ordeal, Gordon remains sane and demands that Batman capture the Joker by the book. Batman follows the Joker as the latter tries to persuade him that the world is just one big joke and that his one bad day is enough to drive an ordinary man insane. I guess you can't show the progression of the Joker going crazy if it's just one bad day. Um, Batman subdues the Joker, tells him that Gordon has to remain sane and concludes has remained sane and concludes that the Joker is alone in his madness. And then he attempts to reach out to him, offering habilitation joker uh, uh, apologetically declines saying it's too late for him and then says that the situation reminds him of a joke about two patients in an asylum who tried to escape leaping over the uh, adjoining building the first patient makes it across but the second patient is too afraid the first patient says hey hey i got this flashlight with me i'll shine it across the gap to between the buildings and you can walk across the beam and join me but the second patient says who do you think i am crazy you'll just turn it off when i'm halfway across batman and joker have a good laugh at the joke as the police arrive the joker's laugh trails off while batman continues to laugh leaving the ending as ambiguous as the comic in the mid credit scene barbara is in the wheelchair Entering a secret room in her apartment, she says, back to work as she turns on her computer. The Oracle icon appears on her screen. Um, I believe in the reviews that I was looking at, some people believe that Batman kills the Joker when he grabs him at that last scene. The camera is panning closer to the two characters, I think. Uh, or sorry, is zooming in on the two characters at the beginning. And then they're, while they're laughing, Batman grabs Joker, Joker's clothes. And I think the camera pans down to the pond, like a, a water pond down at their feet or something like that. Not a water pond, but like, you know, a, a puddle of water on the, on the ground. And as that's happening, they're both laughing. And like, 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 the, like it says, the Joker's laugh trails off while Batman's continues, which either implies that he's infected him with his, uh, his craziness, which I don't think so. Um, but what it feels like is there's a strong possibility Batman just that neck. But 
I don't know. It's it really depends on how you you know look at the film, and you know reading that reading that last joke kind of makes a little bit more sense. It's like all right, so they're both supposed to be some sort of level of insane. The thing is, I didn't I didn't get that from Batman at all. And if you don't know the character of Batman, I mean, obviously if you're watching this, you should know fucking Batman. But if you were just watching this out of the blue, which I feel like even if you do know Batman, you don't instantly assume that I know this interpretation or this character of Batman, I guess. I I guess they just are like, all right, so people have watched all, you know, 10 seasons of Batman. They're going to watch this one so they'll know what's going on. It's like, eh, I guess. Um, like I, like I said, it might be like the Marvel Avengers problem kind of thing again where they uh, just kind of assume that you've watched all 21 movies, I, you know, maybe. Um but yeah, I, I did feel like the lackluster-ness uh, in the writing is what happened in this movie. And I think that the writing might be better on uh, on script. It might sound better when you're reading it, but when you're performing it, it feels almost, not Shakespearean in a way, but it just feels almost too metaphysical to the point where it's like, what are y'all even saying anymore? So that's really what it comes down to. I was like, all right. There's some definitely scary scenes with, uh, uh, or creepy scenes with the deaths that the Joker has happened on some of these people. But overall, I was just like, this feels ultimately like a waste of time, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, this was the, the killing joke. The best thing about it, I can say, is probably the posters, to be honest. <laughs> I, I I won't be watching it again, but I might check out the uh, the graphic novel. I'll be honest that the, the illustrations are one of the most uh, interesting thing about this movie. And, um, you know, kind of learning about how it became to this point. Like, it could have been so much better, in my opinion, but it just, it just wasn't. just didn't make it. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately... Let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know what you thought about uh, uh, The Killing Joke. Uh, did you like it? Did you think it was too far? Was it faithful to the comics for you? Did How would you improve it? Um, you know, let me know. Um, at Lucky Dog Podcast. Be sure to check out all the social medias at Lucky Dog Podcast. We actually just talked about... Um, what the hell did we just talk about? We talked about the PlayStation 5 versus... Um, what is it? PlayStation PS5 versus the Xbox Series S. I, sorry, I f- sometimes forget what the hell the damn names are of these things. Um, but yeah, I uh, my buddy actually was able to get his hands on both of the consoles, and uh, we got a little review just to see, you know, what's the good, the bad, the ugly with them. You know, that's what that's what we'd like to know. We we talked a little bit about the new. Uh, gaming consoles and we also talked about the new apple watches so we got a little bit of uh, tech talk you know my some of my favorite stuff to do especially with my buddies as well so um that is in aftercast number 20 be sure to check that out um thank you for listening watching batman the killing joke review on look it up podcast comments questions reviews at look it up podcast at gmail.com you already know what to do uh, follow, share, subscribe, get it live on Twitch, get it early on YouTube, Patreon, get it mastered on SoundCloud. You already know what is what. I guess. <laughs> All right, y'all. Take it easy. All it takes is one bad day.